Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, June 15th through 17th, join the Legion of Celebrities, comic book stars, animators, voice actors, and costume heroes for Denver Comic Con at Colorado Convention Center. Hundreds of dealers and artists, gaming, exciting events. Meet Glenn, Maggie, and Carl from Walking Dead, Will Wheaton, stars from Marvel and DC Comics, Star Wars, Dark Knight Rises, True Blood, Futurama, Fringe, and more. Hotel packages available. Proceeds benefit Comic Book Classroom, an after-school literacy and arts program. Proceeds benefit Comic Book Classroom, an after-school literacy and arts program. Be a hero this Father's Day and get tickets at DenverComicCon.com. In Colorado, there is only one place that has the best selection of collectibles. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. For over 27 years, Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics has been the ultimate destination for collectors. They have a wide selection of hard-to-find coins, action figures, role-playing cards. You can go over there and get yourself a copy of Dominion. Uh, and sports memorabilia. Hey, Peyton Manning's a Bronco. I was there yesterday. They have a signed Peyton Manning jersey. And of course, they've got comics, which is what I go there for. All their back issues are half off. On Saturday, all dollar issues are only 50 cents. And if you sign up for a hold slot, you'll get 20% off graphic novels and comics. So stop by 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado, and tell them the real nerd sent you. Hey everybody, Ryan from Real Nerds here. I'm here with my good friend Joe of Birdman Barbecue. Joe, why don't you give us a little bit of history of Birdman Barbecue? Well, actually, it's a family recipe been passed down uh, for, uh, for generations. My wife's dad has it now, and uh, we're just now starting to bottle it up. We've got two different flavors, uh, original and spicy, so if you want a nice kick to the back of your throat, try that spicy. And now we've also got a rub, too. So uh, You know, Joe, I have to be honest. I love the spicy barbecue, and if you... Put your rub on burgers with a spicy barbecue. Off the chain. I'm glad that you're being honest, Ryan, because that's what we like is off the chain. You know, Thank you I'm, for trying that. I'm so glad that you like that I said off the chain because what's even more off the chain is you guys go around Colorado and other places and you actually enter in contests for your barbecue sauce if you want anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, we... Uh we, we've entered our sauce in quite a few contests, uh, and actually we, we uh, got second place uh, in the Frisco Barbecue Competition. So for our sauce, just the sauce, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. We've also won you know different categories for side items and different things like that, but the sauce winning is, was the crowning, crowning achievement. And you know what's so cool about being in Colorado is I can go to places around town to pick up the sauce. Where can I get yeah, the sauce? Yeah, go to your local area Ace Hardware stores. Uh, check out Russ Barbecue in Golden. Uh, we're, and then check out your local festivals, uh, Frisco, Dillon. We're uh, hitting up all those this year. So, And also, I know, too, you also run contests on your Facebook page. If you get a certain amount of likes, you always do a free drawing for a free bottle of barbecue sauce. Where can we find you on Facebook? Absolutely. It's uh, birdmanbbq.com. Or on Facebook, I guess. It's just Bird- birdmanbbq on Facebook. Uh, check it out. Uh, yeah, every 100 likes that we get we uh enter everybody that likes us into a drawing for a bucket of barbecue which is a a bottle of each sauce and one of our rubs so awesome so yeah make sure you like birdman barbecue check out joe when he's doing little things around town with frisco and winning competitions you know what the barbecue sauce is delicious Like some good numbers there, man. That's not so bad, man. We don't even need fucking Brad. Brad, who? Welcome to Real Nerds. I am Ryan. To my right is James, and Brad isn't here. He sent me an email, and he said Kansas is really flat. 
And you better read this on the air, you fucking assholes. Did he really send you that he email? He did send me that email. I added the fucking assholes part. Well, yeah, as, as much as you should. Exactly, because... That, that wasn't very well written. He, he's the asshole who's in Kansas right now. Oh, yeah. And in parentheses, he says, you're going to love my fucking swords. Which is a call to Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie. Which Will Forte's character. It's said that I haven't seen that movie, but you've talked about it so much that I, I already know the references. Yeah, that's pretty Like, funny. when I finally do borrow it from you, I'll be even more disappointed because none of the jokes will be funny. Did I tell you I found I that, that I, I was worried that that scene wasn't on the Blu-ray anywhere? And then when I went to deleted scenes, sure enough, it's it's right there. What do you mean? Isn't it in the movie? It's not in the movie. It's like this little commercial that they shot for... Uh, like kind of like a promote promo clip. Oh, and it wasn't like in the movie. Trailer? Yeah, and then it's in their deleted scenes in the movie. Huh, so that is pretty cool. So oh, yeah, so we're getting on without without Brad is literally in a different. He place literally this is week. his time, and um, so and we don't have the technology. I mean, I have Skype, but I don't really care. We yeah, can go without him. Yeah, fuck Brad. Yeah. This week we saw Battleship. We did. And if you've never listened to Real Nerds, did you know you can email us realnerds at gmail dot com. Or if you want to talk to us really fast and in 140 characters, you can tweet us real underscore nerds. You can do it slowly. You could do more than one tweet. You could. I mean, if you really like want to keep on of, tweeting, like a novel, a you're, tweet you're more than novella. welcome to. So, but before we even talk about Battleship, I guess we should do some real news, huh? We should. Cool. It's real news. So... In shocking box office numbers this week? I don't think it's that shocking. No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's actually the Avengers won again with the highest grossing second week ever. What? At $103 million. Yeah. Which is 50% off its previous week, but when you do $207 million, it doesn't matter. You know, it's funny. Here, we we might as well go ahead and talk about the Avengers news that we do have uh, because it's sort of related. Avengers did two pretty amazing things this week. First of all, it... It increased the sale of shawarma all over the country. That is amazing. Yeah. Uh, um, Have you I've had got... shawarma? No, I haven't. What is it? I I, I don't know, but I want to get some. There so is a we... restaurant nearby. Where? I don't know. Nearby my Why don't we have that for dinner today? I I don't know, because I, I don't think of things in advance, um, <laughs> other than all of the notes that I do for news. So, um, but next week, we're definitely having... Yeah, sh- we should, do, we should sh- definitely sh- find some sh- shawarma. Some shawarma. Shawarma. It's like S-H and then a W. Shawarma. Which I think it's a sh- shawarma. But anyway, uh, 80% is what they're guessing. Wow. There's an increase of 80% in shawarma. We um, should look it up, though, to make sure it's not totally disgusting. Uh, well, yeah. Well, we can always like <laughs> walk in and then just leave yes. if it's not good. And we can't do it next week because you're not here next oh, week. Oh, that's right. I won't yeah. be here next week. Um, but it also, John Carter in... in um, in uh, drive-in theaters, mm-hmm. the Avengers was was uh, matched with John Carter, and it went from thirty fourth to twelfth during nice. that time, and it was an increase of one thousand two hundred and twenty three point eight percent. But how do they figure that? I, I, I read that, and how do they know what people just? Well, wouldn't it? It's because when you go to a drive-in theater, movie, yeah, they play two, twice, two and do they just split the? Uh, I guess they split the ticket emissions then. Yeah, I think is I think 50, you pay. 50? Yeah, I, I would assume so. So um, okay, I guess that makes sense then. So I guess if you went in and they got fifty percent, if John Carter got fifty percent and yeah. the Avengers got fifty percent, that do we even do we even have a uh, 
a drive-in theater around here anymore? Yes, we is do. It, is the Cinderella Cinderella. Oh, okay. We should do that sometime. We totally we should. We should Man. podcast from the Cinderella drive-in theater. Oh, badass idea. That was a great idea. So, yeah. Um, did you know what place Dark Shadows came in? Uh, fifth. No, Third. second. Oh, Sorry. man. That's way too good for Dark Shadows. $29 million, which is off from Tim Burton's last movie, which was Alice in Wonderland, and it was $116 million. Oh, yeah. Which is which embarrassing. Which is crazy, I don't know that that movie is more... That's another one of those movies like. that made tons of money that doesn't seem like it did at all. I guess maybe because it's a family thing. Because it it's Alice in Wonderland. Like, families know that story. Yeah. Whereas this was something weird, sort of off the wall, and boring as all hell. Really boring. Man. You know, I was... Entertainment Weekly gave it a B plus, and I think there's... Um, ulterior motives there because they're owned by time warner which is warner oh, brothers yeah so yeah, to me yeah i don't know maybe I not could, i could maybe see not. some people thinking that the dumb jokes in that were funny but uh, you'd have to read the review he talks about how uh, anyways who cares who cares that movie's awful. i'll never don't see that movie again movie. well you might because your wife might make you go see it oh no she's going with friends so oh, nice i know right they're not my friends are they because i would no I would they're her good. friends from work so we don't Good. I, don't I really don't want. I don't want to wish that on my friends. <laughs> well, uh, what about the DVDs? We got DVDs. Uh, yeah, Blu-rays, DVDs coming out. Sherlock series two, which is a BBC. No way. Uh, show. That's out on. Uh, Comes out next week. Um, they say season two on digital bits, but it's actually it's series, series two, two because yeah. that's how the uh, Brits do it over there. Yeah. Spoilers for my what I've been watching. Oh, cool. It's <laughs> uh, foreshadowing. Um, also, Red Tails comes out. With oh, the Tuskegee. I- I totally Airmen. forgot about that movie. Right? It came out in January, I believe. Yeah. Um, anyways. Uh, the Woman in Black also comes out, which I, I, I'll i probably end up getting. Yeah. Um, maybe not right away. I'll wait till it's on sale. Okay. So- sorry, Daniel Radcliffe and Hammer Films. And also, This Means War is also coming out this week. What? what That's is that? That's the Chris Pine and Tom Hardy. Oh, yes. With the Reese Spy versus Spy. Yeah. Yeah. That came out quick on Blu-ray. What does that come out in February? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it came out on Valentine's Day. Yes, yes, it did. Or yeah, it was dancing around. Yeah, Valentine's because I think when they got a rated R, they they took it off of Valentine's Day. Yeah, and then they yeah. were able to fix it. Yeah, that was weird. So that's it for DVDs and box office. Again, we get all our box office information from boxofficemojo.com. Always check it out. I love that site. I don't know oh, why. Yeah. Just looking at numbers, I think it's fascinating. But yeah. it really is. And also, it's, it's an interesting way of comparing, yeah. really how how good in quotes a movie is. Um, yeah, of course, you know, box office performance doesn't necessarily translate oh, to a good movie. Not at Alice all. It's in Wonderland. A, it's a weird skewed way of looking at things. But it's interesting. I think it's a fascinating a snapshot of what people enjoy. Yeah, exactly. And also, all the DVDs and Blu-rays uh, information we get off digitalbits.com. Is there a way to support them? There is. James, I'm glad you brought that up. If you click on the DVD artwork, it takes you directly to Amazon where you buy from Amazon and then when you buy from Amazon through the link on Digital Bits, you support them. That's cool. So please do so. Yeah. So James, what uh, what news do you got for me today? Well, first off, some local news um, which is you know somewhat relevant to some things that we've got coming up mm-hmm. uh, is that Ubisoft is coming to Denver Comic Con. Uh, they're bringing Far Cry 3, which I don't know if you've seen the trailers for Far Cry 3. Yeah. But it's a pretty cool trailer. I like it. It is trailer. cool. I've never played any of the games, but I know they're pretty popular. Neither have I. Um, 
but I'm going to be interested to see some of it. Uh, and they're also bringing some footage from uh, their live-action Ghost Recon Alpha, in all caps, movie. What? Uh, and then they're having a, a tournament for Ghost Recon Future Soldier. You know, I read a preview for Future Soldier and uh, was a Game Informer. They were not very impressed with it, Whoa. which is a bummer because I love the Ghost Recon series. Yeah. I really do. I think Future Soldier's always, like, the f- their futuristic stuff has always been a little bit shaky. But if I can remember correctly. Yeah, well, Ghost Recon's kind of like that, um, but it's more uh, squad-based and tactical yeah. fighting. Sort of like the new SWAT, since they don't make SWAT anymore. Exactly. And I I really actually like I think, I obviously, the first one I played was on PS2, and I actually really enjoyed them, but uh, we'll see about the new yeah, one. Yeah, it'll be cool. We'll have to check it but out But you know what? There. It's a big company that's at Denver Comic Con, and that's always a good thing. Yeah. That that thing is blowing up. It's it is. It's really it's, exciting. There's some big names there. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Because we're going. In we case, are. In case you do We'll be at Podcast other. Peak. You can come by and see the real nerds. We'll be there. Yeah. Um, there's also some interesting stuff. Here's something that I wanted to talk about last week but completely forgot about. Uh, in an interview with Marion Cotillard, uh, she said that she does not play Talia al Ghul in the new Dark, right, Dark Knight movie, hmm. uh, which is really weird. And here's why. Um, according to IMDb, they have already cast someone to play young Ra's al Ghul, mm-hmm. to play young Talia al Ghul. Liam Neeson is cast in the movie, uh, hmm. probably in a flashback. I don't actually believe that they are going to Lazarus pit him. Um, it would it would be cool if he did, but that's another thing where it's like, how much can you get into this movie, really? Yeah. Um, I have a feeling it'll be a flashback, but still, like, she is saying that she plays a character named Miranda Tate, which mm-hmm. that name sounds really familiar. Um, but I, I think this is just maybe some... I don't think she should have said anything. I think that if... If she really wasn't Talia Ghoul that we didn't need to know, mm-hmm. you know, then just let that rumor be a rumor. Yeah. But this is one of those rumors that everybody's just sort of assumed was true from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it sort of sounds cool, she looks like Talia Ghoul. Uh, it just seems like perfect casting that for her to say this almost draws attention to itself as yeah. if like they're trying to surprise us. Um, I did like Talia Ghoul in uh, Arkham City. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. I always loved her in the old uh, Batman. Uh, the animated series. Yeah. She was pretty cool in there. Is so, it, it's an interesting character. It is. Sure. You know, Brad brought up yesterday, or maybe you told me that uh, Mick and RJ, your friends, said that he looks like uh, the Batman Begins Bruce Wayne at points in the trailer. Was that you who said that? No. No, no. Uh, maybe it was Brad, because then that makes sense that there's a flashback with uh, Rasha Ghoul. Uh, oh, I got you. Because, like, if he's, you know, maybe oh, he imparted right. wisdom on him that we're n- not privy to yet. Yeah. I, I more meant like that there was going to be some flashback with Roz and Talia, um, which would only make sense if there was an adult Talia who was doing stuff yeah. in the present of the movie. Um, but yeah, there could be there could just be some stuff Maybe. where he's talking about Batman. Yeah, um, cool. Uh, the Hulk might uh, you know now after the movie the Hulk is sort of blown up. Everybody mm-hmm. wants some more Hulk, uh, and they're talking. They've been talking about it for years making a TV show, and now it's it's. You know, it's got some steam behind it now. It's mm. got a uh, an injection, you know, of adrenaline or whatever you would say um, <laughs> of gamma rays. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's all hulked out. Um, Guillermo del Toro has been involved for a while, but there's no real news on like who's going to be doing it. A- obviously, it'll be on ABC. Disney. Um, I think that I think that's the perfect place to put it. Well, yeah, and you I know, think, because too, you know, ABC is Disney, yeah. and that's the whole point of acquiring marvel why disney did is because they want to take those characters that's brand recognition and do things with them so i mean that makes sense and it'd be cool i just mean i think that making a tv show of the hulk makes more sense than another movie 
Like yeah. the Hulk at, at at a certain point, the Hulk can only be in a, in a movie. He's just at the end, he smashes everything. Whereas yeah. in a TV show, it can be more like the old one where it's really more about Bruce Banner. Yeah, and yes, sometimes he turns into the Hulk David and crazy Banner stuff happens. Well, yeah, hopefully they don't do that again. That'd be stupid. Um. I don't. What What was the? I. I. Why. Why did they do that? Do you really? The real reason? No, is I because, don't know. Uh, they thought Bruce Banner sounded too gay. True story. Really? Change it to David Banner. I could see. I could see them saying like that alliteration was too comic booky, but yeah, and I, that, that's silly. And I. Oh, I man. think I read that in an interview with Stan Lee. Oh and wow! I've, and I've heard it a couple other times. Yeah. That David Banner, uh, Bruce Banner's too gay. Stupid, that's, right? Uh, yeah, that's really because Bruce is a is a dude. Dude, name. <laughs> that is a dude. Like name. If, if Bruce Banner is gay, he is a butch yeah. bear of a man. Me, well, he is the Hulk, so he is yeah. a, he is a bear of a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I actually yeah, like I said, I think that's that's more fun than them just doing another movie, and the, especially if Guillermo del Toro is involved, that means yeah. it'll be pretty visually interesting. I just hope that they don't. They don't TV it up too much. That's my problem with them doing it on network television. Yeah. Like, did you see the trailer for Arrow? I did The Green Arrow show? I don't like DC, so I have a hard time getting into it. I don't either. And especially now after Avengers, where we saw a really awesome Hawkeye, Mm -hmm. it just seems, it seems like the cape. Um, (laughs) It's going on to, it's going on to CW along with their Beauty and the Beast show, which looks just awful. Um, Wow. I don't, what is wrong with that channel? Who knows? Somehow they make money. It's all well, off of the tweens. I, I, I yeah, think. I think that's what their target audience is, is like, you know, girl, teenagers, and yeah. emos. I don't know. I, n- I never watched a CW, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I don't I don't really get it. Um, they're moving Community to Fridays. Yeah, it's is, a bummer. It's a death slot. Um, it is. If, if it gets another season after its fourth season, it means it'll be a miracle, um, which it could happen. Its ratings have been getting better. I know, um, like, but it's significantly yeah. better. Yeah, I think they said they're averaging over four million viewers. I think season two is like at two million, so it's and pretty good. You didn't watch this week the the finale, so we can't talk about it too much. But I will say that the way that they end this season feels very much like um, like an ending that they wrote to go both ways. That it could have mm-hmm. they could have ended it there and left it there, and we'd be okay. But obviously, it leaves some room. Um, but it'll be interesting because you know that show has gotten so crazy lately yeah. that another season. Well, you they, know, I they, think they have to bring it back to a status quo. They got to bring it back to study group and ground it again. Because... I think the reason why it got crazy is because I think they thought they wouldn't make it any other right. So they kind of want to do all their ideas that they had. Yeah, I, it definitely feels that way because um, I think it has strained the show just a little bit. Uh, but I'll be excited to see it get another season, even if it is on Fridays, because. I, oh, I always miss it on it. Thursdays, anyways. Thursdays, anyway. So, um, Aaron Sorkin signed on for Sony to do the adaptation of that Steve Jobs book that's been so popular lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, which this has been rumored for a while, and I always thought it was never going to happen because I thought Aaron Sorkin already did his like yeah. movie about a young upstart uh, computer dude. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand. Like, it's definitely going to be a different kind of movie because. Facebook is really at its core about sort of this kid and his lack of friendship um, and sort of the irony of that. Uh, and, you know, Steve Jobs thematically will be a different movie. I just, I'm afraid of how some of it'll be. It'll de- I guess it'll depend on who they get as a director. Yeah. But I don't even think I give a shit anyway. Like, I, I, yeah. People know a lot of his story. Like, I think the cool thing about Steve Jobs is he did Pixar. Yeah. He helped get them going. 
yeah, I it'll be interesting to see exactly what what angle he takes on it mm-hmm. and what what period of his life it's set in. If it really, you know, if it does like uh, not Walk Hard, but the movie it is actually based on Ring uh, of Fire, uh, um, you know, the Johnny, Cash, <laughs> John, the Johnny Cash movie. If it's like one of the, or Ray, where it really like follows their whole life or follows mm-hmm. a big chunk of their life. I, I think that'll be, and I I have more faith in faith in Aaron Sorkin than that. I don't think it'll that's be, what that'll do. Uh, clever, yeah. The dialogue will be yeah. amazing. I, that's the thing. I will I will see it opening day because yeah. I love that guy. I I don't think we've talked about this before, but he's got a show coming out on HBO soon called Newsroom. Mm. Which oh is, yeah, yeah, I read about that. I am more excited for that show than anything on TV. Like yeah. just the trailers for that look amazing uh, with a great cast. If you haven't seen the trailers, go look them up. Um, but other than that, that's uh, that's news for this week. Awesome. Uh, so we take turns on the comic book corner. Last week I did my depressing Spider-Man story. This week you have it a new that depressing. <laughs> you have a new comic book. Yeah. Um, that people should check out. Uh, uh, go An- ahead, Angel and Faith. It's a it's a new book, obviously set in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer universe. Uh, it's a sort of uh, offshoot where. Angel and Faith are getting together, and it's sort of a team-up book, and the two of them have this objective, uh, which, spoilers for the end of season eight of Buffy, but Giles dies, and the whole <gasps> the whole point of Angel and Faith, the comic book, is that Buff, uh, Angel is horribly guilty about the fact that he has killed Giles, and he is on a mission, in a world without magic, he is on a mission to try and raise Giles from the dead, and that mm. is the whole plot. Um, but... The real reason I bring this up is because they've been doing this ish- this series lately called Daddy Issues, uh, which is um, we're, we're on issue four now. You can get the back issues pretty easily. It'll be collected in a couple months, I'm sure, in a trade. Uh, it's issues. Let's see, I've got it right here. Uh, this is issue nine, so it's going to be issues five through nine, maybe five through ten. Uh, and it basically this big mosquito-looking dude who is a demon has showed up, and he's like. He's sucking people's brains out, but then when they're done, they seem really happy and fine, and they can't figure out what the heck is going on, and Darla shows up. Nice. Like, good old Darla, but she's not crazy anymore. Spoilers. Yes. Darla isn't crazy anymore, because this demon has sucked all of the trauma out of her brain, and now she is sort of sane. That's crazy. And they've, they've, they've teamed up, and they're going around, and Darla thinks she is saving people. And it's really this story about... Um, the temptation for both Angel and Faith, because they are both characters that are driven by a lot of guilt, mm-hmm. um, the temptation of them to have this demon do that to them so that they can go back to being what they think is a normal person and like a happy person again. It's amazing. It's been my favorite. Read that. Yeah, it's my, it's been my favorite ongoing since it started, but this storyline has just been amazing. Art by Rebecca Isaacs, who hopefully we're going to get to meet at Denver Comic Con, yeah. um, which is great. Uh, you just go check it out. I'll lend you the issues. Uh, that Christoph Gage, who writes it, yep, wrote Spider Man. Oh, really? Bit. Yeah, huh. I, I can't remember exactly, but he's part of. He was part of the original Brand New Day Brain Trust. Oh no! But, uh, some of the stories <laughs> are really good. I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I like his stories. Yeah, I can't put my finger on which ones. Though. I'd have to actually flip through my books. I, I, I'm actually kind of ashamed that I haven't looked him up yet um, because I've been really impressed by what he's been doing on the book. Um, I, I think he's written all nine issues so far that I'm not entirely sure. And I don't know if he's been involved in the Buffy series before. 
Uh, I don't mm-hmm. remember his name. Like it, it was one where it sort of surprised me. In the first couple of issues, I was like, I don't know where this is going, and it has just exploded for nice. me. It's, it really has been the first thing I read on my stack. Oh, cool! Like literally. Uh, actually, that's not now, true. Now you got me want to read it. Bad. Lock, lock and key is the first thing on my stack, but after that, because um, I love the Buffy verse, so I'm kind of excited to uh, check that out for sure. Yeah, well, oh, it's it's really cool. Anyway. So cool. that's our comic of the week. Nice. And you know where you can get those back issues probably is Tell Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. I love them. That's somewhere up in Aurora. Arvada. Whatever. It's really far away from me. It is, but it's a great comic book store. It it's is. It's worth a drive. Oh, absolutely. And they're a sponsor of us, so I love them even more. Yeah. Cool. So we'll just dive right into what we've been watching. I watched uh, I watched three things this week. Cool. The first one, I with my wife, I watched Orgasmo, which <laughs> is... Trey Parker's second movie, the first one being Cannibal. Ah, um, okay, yeah. I mean, I think he did a couple student films. I think they might have released. Well, I think I'm, Cannibal the Musical is, it is a student, a student film. film. And in this one, he of course, he's making fun of Mormons again. But he plays a Mormon called Joe Young. And he is going on his missions, and he knocks on a door that happens to be a porn set. And while he's there, the security guards try to fight him and it turns out that joe young is a really great fighter and the guy they have playing orgasmo in the porno is not a good fighter so the director for the porno hires joe to be in his pornography but not to have sex because it goes against everything that he believes in obviously and uh so he has to hide it from everybody and it's a really goofy movie and the thing that made me laugh is my wife does not like comedies like that and she's the one who picked to watch it, so it kind of made me laugh. Did and she I, actually enjoy it at all? Uh, she said it was all right. Yeah. Because, I mean, th- it is really goofy. At some point, did she start, like, multitasking and cleaning the room? Um, She was painting her toenails, I believe. Ah, uh-huh. yeah, See? that's okay. Um, but, you know, parts that I think are really funny, of course, she can't stand. And that's, uh, there's a part, uh, I forget his name, but he's a little bitch in um, basketball. It's like Dion something. And Sanders, sure, Dion Sanders, and he's like uh, Orgasmo's sidekick, Chota Boy, and he's he's a martial artist. I know he's a martial oh, artist, man. and he had a secret weapon called the Hamster Style, and his he gave it up, and he had a. And what made him give it up is he told his dad he wasn't going to do Hamster Style anymore, and his dad said, eh, "Okay," and it makes him cry. That part's really funny because you'd have to see it in context, but it's really ridiculous and the kind of shit I love. <laughs> um. The second thing I watched is The Gingerbread Man, which is... Is that a horror movie? No. There is one called The Ginger Dead Man. But <laughs> there is not. There is. It's true. There is not. Gary Busey. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I know of it. The Ginger Dead Man. Um, but in uh. this movie is continuing my stroll down Robert Downey Jr. Lane. Um, <laughs> and actually, it's directed and written by Robert Altman, who did Godsford Park. What? And um, it stars Kenneth Branagh, who... What? I know. And Robert Downey Jr. is a co-star, and M. Beth Davids is Sheila from Army of Darkness, and she's also in Schindler's List. This is um, the weirdest no, cast no, I've ever and heard. And Robert Duvall's in it. Um, Daryl Hannah's in it. There's, a, there's, a, I mean, the cast is really good. To yeah. be, who are in it? Um, you could who, do Shakespeare with that cast. You could, and you know what they did uh, in Richard the Third. But anyways, uh, oh, oh. I don't think Daryl Hannah is in it, Annette Benning. Well, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is. That's all I care about. Oh, downgrade for Annette Benning. Well, we've we've <laughs> yeah, had that conversation. Wow. Um, 
But in it, it's it's based on a John Grisham novel. And if you know anything about John Grisham, he's always about lawyers, and they're mm-hmm. always in the South, and they're always getting tangled up in something that they shouldn't. Yeah. Um, but the unfortunate part is that the script is not good. No way. Yeah, and. It, Why is it? Why is it called the Gingerbread Man? Is there a gingerbread? Yeah, no, do they murder a gingerbread no, man? Okay, I'll, I'll, no, it's so weird. Um, Kenneth Branagh is actually really good in it, and it's kind of uh, weird to see him do. He does a Southern accent, so and he does it really well. But you know, he's an English he's, actor. He's amazing in accents. Um, and he plays a lawyer who has a really big case that he's able to get. He's a, a defense lawyer, so he's able to get you know bad people off. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he, they're having a party for his last great case or whatever. And M. Beth Davids plays a girl named Mallory. And in it, she gets her car stolen. And then he gives her a ride home. And they end up sleeping together. And he finds out that her father is really crazy. And that she's trying to dis- distance him- herself from her father. And uh, he attacks her. And so they go to court. And his, her father comes in with a band of hobos no, i'm not joking and <laughs> and, a, and a pair of pit bulls and, and robert duvall is her father and so he's in there and he refuses attorney help and you know kenneth brown is this hot shot attorney so he's you know fighting and then it's really bizarre so robert downey jr plays a guy named clyde who's a private investigator that's hired by uh kenneth brown's character all the time that he does he digs all he does all his dirty work for him basically yeah and he's not in it nearly enough um yeah, it's just bizarre, and it's it's kind of clunky hmm. in points. And I was just looking up; it's written by a guy who, well, he wrote another movie called The Last Producer that I've never heard of. And he wrote the first episode of that 2002 reboot of The Twilight Zone, hmm. but was not. He is not a big name direct. Like he never wrote another big movie. Yeah, that, it's which obviously there's a reason why. And I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much if the cast wasn't so good. Yeah, because even Kenneth Brown, he's pretty good in it. But I mean, there's just and Robert Altman. Like, yeah. What's crazy to me, like finding out about this movie, I, it, it's insane to me that Robert Altman picked up a script that you're saying is garbage that mm-hmm. is written by a guy who's never really written in it. Like, yeah, or maybe the story is by him. I, I forget. What, well, the story is by by Grisham. Yeah, I think Altman helped. He's like part of credited. I don't remember. Oh, okay. But anyways, uh, I know he directed it. I do know that part of it. Yeah. Ah. Uh, so yeah, and Robert Downey Jr. really doesn't have much to do in it, and this was during his really bad drug time. Yeah. So he wasn't in movies too much when he was in the movies he's always a supporting character and uh yeah tom berenger has a little small part in it <laughs> as her funny. ex-husband it's it's really bizarre and it's really anticlimactic too um i mean there's some clever things the gingerbread man comes from the story that uh robert duvall tells uh and beth david's character about children and how children are so vulnerable and i mean there's some weight to it but yeah. It just gets really dorky. And at the end, uh, I won't spoil how he, he found out stuff, but it's during a hurricane, and he's able to lock this person on a ship, and he shoots a flare in the air, and then it just ends with him in a courthouse and basically saying how he got out of this predicament. Hmm. It's it's really like lazy. Weird. But the acting's really good in it. And yeah, I, I think got Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, and I mean, and Robert Downey Jr. He's good in it when he's in it, right? Uh, because he plays kind of like a sleaze ball, but he's also a good friend. So he has that kind of duality. Like the first time you see him, he comes in and he's 
smacking girls' asses, and he doesn't care, and he's... I mean, it's a cool character, but he's not in it enough, and I mean, if Kenneth Branagh was not the lead, this movie would collapse. Right. Because he's able to hold it so much. So, I mean, if you want to watch it, it's a legal, it's a legal thing, and it's all right. Yeah. There are plenty of other great... Yeah. I mean, The Firm's good, so I, I watched yeah. the, thir- the Firm oh, with yeah, Tom yeah, yeah. Cruise. Um, and, and the last thing I watched, and I say this for last, because... Um, it, it irks some people about what I'm about to talk about <laughs> yeah. and the perfect way it's called the people versus George Lucas, which is a documentary. I think it's like maybe two years old, maybe just last year. I think it's just last year. Cause I remember them, them like going on the internet and asking for people to send their stories about why they yeah. have pro- how exactly. they feel about George. Exactly. Lucas. And, and, and that's the premise of the whole documentary is you have these fans that can't stand them. And there, there's people that do defend him. And the the coolest part about the movie to me is um, the movie kind of got on my nerves. And I'll tell you why. Because my biggest problem with some of the people who hate on George Lucas is they, ha- they have this – they feel like they have a certain entitlement to the movies and to his characters and to how they believe it should happen. Like they all have their idea of how grand it could be. Yeah. And um, – but my argument always is, is well, if you, you have so many great ideas, then you should just do it. You know, if if you, you can, uh, I mean, a perfect example is this guy was talking about, I mean, it was broken up in chapters and they each had little things where they were a little disappointed in them. And of course, one of the things that came up is when Vader in episode three stumbles out and he goes, no. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> look at that on the way file. It is. It is really dumb. And Yeah. It, I mean, whatever. I forgive it. But his idea was for Darth Vader to stumble out and go, Rrrr! and sparks fly out of his newly formed uh, like chest plate. Exactly. But see, that's stupid, too. Like, that's not what's wrong with those movies. No. And if you wanted to pick apart something in the movie, you know, his movies, I mean, you can. I, I'm not sitting here. I'm, I defend George Lucas because I don't think the prequels are as bad as everybody thinks they are. Yeah. But they're not that good. Right. Um, I I agree with you. You know, because I think, um, and that's my biggest problem with some of these people in here. I mean, they'd have like dual screens of people talking and I mean, it's just, it's so bizarre that because actually the documentary did a good uh, job of showing the other side too. Like they had a great interview with Francis Ford Coppola in it. Dude. And he said that you might get mad at George Lucas for doing this, but you have to remember that he's an artist and the only reason you feel that passionate about this stuff is because what he did for it. Uh, I totally agree. Um, and they also had Neil Gaiman on it. And uh, he was talking about, it's okay if you make fan stuff. And if you want to kill his character in the fan stuff, that's fine. But you'll never kill him in his work because I worked hard on that character and you might not like it. But right. So it's really interesting how pe- the artist, uh, Coppola and Gaiman and a couple other... Um, I forget the other um, directors and stuff on there, but they kind of defend him and it's saying, you know, you want it to be a certain way, but it's never going to be that way no matter how much you want it to be. Yeah. I I mean, I feel I've always felt like my biggest problems with him have come from the, um, the re-edits, the, the Han Solo shoots first thing. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole 15 minutes in that movie about that. Yeah, because it's it's one of those things where it's like it, it shows a complete lack of understanding of the character that you made me love. Like Ex- that's yeah. the thing is that at one point you were so inspiring to me. You showed me 
this whole other universe and made me imagine all of this other stuff and it was so cool and I loved it so much and then you had to go back and meddle with it and that's that's the big problem um but yeah, I, yeah. it was one of those things where um when it happened I always kind of was afraid that that was going to be cuz the people who hate on him uh and I I am totally one of them um they often don't have the best arguments. What yeah, they're going to say exactly. is what they're going to say is the things they're going to nitpick yeah, rather than look at these the sweeping problems with those movies. Exactly. And that's and that's my uh, my argument and I'm glad you agree with me. I was always I, I'm always afraid to bring this up because uh, I mean I don't know how you feel about it, but you know there's a lot of nerds out there and they're dumb, that's why. Yeah, it, because I mean they have these people arguing and I don't I don't like the raping the childhood thing because yeah. because that's just an idiotic argument. Um, people take it too far and you know they had a guy on there because they also did Indiana Jones um, and he was talking about how stupid Indy 4 is because of aliens no and I don't think that's the problem with that movie no it's not I think I actually I like Indiana Jones 4 I think aliens is the coolest thing about exactly that I, the worst part about Indiana Jones 4 is when he's swinging on the vines yeah if you it's cut the, that it's the CG out, it's the 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 stepping away from the practical filmmaking, it's all of yeah. that stuff. Because that's a, a lot of the stuff that was what we loved the, uh, that original series mm-hmm. for. That they weren't, at the time, doing just because it's all they had. Yeah. Like that, it's a misconception to think that uh, Raiders looks that way because in the late 70s that's all they could do. That's not entirely true. Like They, did, they shot some of it that way to make it look like an old film. Exactly. And um, you know, that's, uh, so I had a really big problem um, with the people for Indiana Jones. Because one, you know, of course they bring up the fridge and the nuke. Yeah. To me, that stuff doesn't bother me as a moviegoer. Because I mean, they the, say the that stuff bothers. Intact. Yeah, you, they say that stuff bothers them. But in Raiders of Lost Ark, they open up an arc and people's faces melt. Yeah. You know, so I, again, that nitpicking stuff always bothers me. And they had really great interviews with George Lucas on it. Uh, obviously, he's not interviewing for this, but they took you know things, and he said one of the ones that really stood with me. Was George Lucas said he the hardest thing he has to do now is that when he was a young filmmaker making THX and American Graffiti, the thing he hated the most was people telling him what to do with his stuff. Yeah, you can't do this. He hated the corporations, and he slowly became a corporation. Oh and yeah, it's hard for him. And he said it. He said it's hard for him to separate the two because he still has he has an obligation to make this stuff. And I think it was uh, Coppola or maybe it was Gaiman said. Uh, no, it's actually they had an old uh, head of Fox on there, and he said, "You don't think people are asking him every day for another Star Wars? You don't think people are asking him every day for another Indiana Jones? Yeah, people want that stuff, and he's he's torn. Yeah, with it, and you can see it in his face. And the most ironic part about this, and this will be the last thing I say about this documentary, is they all these fans are on there spewing hate towards him. They hate Jar Jar Binks. They hate this stuff. They hate this. They hate that. But what they they don't realize is George Lucas gives you. The opportunity, because in this movie they show clips from Star Wars, so yeah. they have to get permission to do that. And usually, he usually Lucas Art is not always great about that. No, and so he, it is a big deal that he let them do that. And he also lets um, you know them re-edit stuff. If you get the Star mm-hmm. Wars Blu-ray, he has fan films on it. Yeah, so he allows people to do this stuff, and I think in a way that's also part of his marketing. Is he says, "I'll let these people hate this, but they're still going to go." Um, yeah. And see this movies, and the, the one part that I thought was really funny though is they they did uh, the fan the, when the Phantom Menace came out, and they were interviewing all these people in the streets and they're so excited to see it, and then the they were talking about how they just became deflated, and I, I was in that boat too, um, I really was, yeah, but to me it's it's one of those things that I I, I don't understand it, and I 
I understand some of the changes are really stupid. Actually, um, the Han shooting first is it's awful. It's awful. But it shows know, an ignorance of storytelling. Yeah, but the, the, that one actually doesn't bother me as much as the singing and Jedi with the yeah. stupid like CGI aliens. Um, the only thing that bothers bothers me most about the Han Solo thing is it's so poorly edited. <laughs> yeah, because it's, yeah. Like, it has this weird cut in it, and it's just unnecessary. Yeah. Like we all know Han Solo's a dick. Well, but that's the thing is that that scene is getting at trying to make him not a dick. Exactly. Trying that's to the problem him. with that scene. Yeah, and you that character to. He's is a bounty hunter. That character is a foil, and Smuggler. as such, was a smart thing to add into that movie. That then to go back and change is like it, it, it's undoing. You know, it's if. If Van Gogh went back and repainted the Vanilla Sky, you know what's funny like is they brought that, that up, shit. and they said if you look at a painting, there's always another painting below that one. There is. <laughs> it's it's just really funny that you brought that up. Here's the problem, though, uh, and this is why I hate George Lucas. <laughs> um, when people were making Watch, when when uh, what's his uh, Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder was making Watchmen, people were just giving him the worst time, and they mm-hmm. still there are people who hate oh, yeah. that movie. Um, you know, and I, you know, there are changes that he made that I'm not crazy about one way or the other, but I, I, I think the movie's great. Um, but here's what I always said. I always said, look, if they make a movie out of the Watchmen, it doesn't ruin the Watchmen. The no. Watchmen is still there. You can still go back and read that book and it is still just as amazing as mm-hmm. it ever was. The problem is Star Wars isn't. It, yeah. I can't go back. I cannot buy a Blu-ray of the Star Wars that I love and watch it. Oh, yeah, you'll never get it. I can't get that. And for that, I hate George Lucas. He he really did go and take away something that I loved and didn't let me have it. And that, to me, is just... Mm-hmm. It, it, it makes me incensed. Yeah. Um, I mean, that for, part for, is for a, a legit bad, argument. You know, you're having a yeah. legit argument. The people that are just spewing stupid stuff is yeah. the ones I can't stand. Because here's the thing, like the the Raiders or the the Indiana Jones thing, uh, people hated Temple of Doom. They're gonna hate another one too. Like those guys can make bad films. Mm-hmm. You know, I I hate to knock the fanboys in the head for, on this one, but the guys that you love that are great artists, they can mess up, mm-hmm. and and it happens, and it it sucks when it does. Um, I'm a big fan of Brian K. Vaughan, but I don't like his his Runaways. I just didn't like it, um, it and that's okay. Um, so for there to be a bad Indiana Jones, fine. You don't like the prequels, fine. It's when you start taking things away from me that that's when I yeah. have a problem. And that makes sense. You know, you're not, you're mad because you can't have what you liked and he's doing it on purpose. Like yeah. purposely not letting you have it. Yeah. He keeps telling me the thing I love isn't good enough. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's exactly. no, it's, it's beautiful. Exactly. Leave it alone. And he, he doesn't. So yeah, that, and that's a legit argument that, you know, the arguments I'd have to watch the actually watch the movie again to remember everything people said. Yeah. But some of the arguments were just annoying. Was it on Netflix? It's on Is Netflix. That? You can watch cool. it now. Cool, cool, cool. So yeah, because I, I never saw it come out or anything. I thought about sending in a video when they did it. Um, and yours would have been great. <laughs> because it makes sense. Yeah. It's, um, it's not it's not dealing with raping. It's not doing stuff that, like that. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not the like over-the-top hate. It's just me actually being pissed off. Yep. And I've been pissed off for a long time, so I'm, and I'm I mean, good at articulating it. It's funny, it. you bring that up, and they, these people were nitpicking the little things in episode two. I guess there's there, there's a moment where Jar Jar comes in, and he walks away, and this guy says, and then Jar Jar looks at the camera like, look at me, I'm still here, so fuck you. <laughs> no, like, he doesn't. I'm, I'm like, no one animated that to be like, yeah. we're really going to stick it to these yeah, fans. So, no one did that. They, so there's a long shot of Jar Jar looking at the... Uh, yeah. I mean, they well, showed that scene, and his head turns, 
but it's not like it's turning at the audience. I, yeah, I, they they threw it in there because they thought that guy's joke was funny, which is not a good argument. No, it's um, you know, I, I do feel like the prequels. Part of the reason they're that I don't think they're very good is because no one says no to George Lucas anymore. Like mm-hmm. he he is allowed to put his stupid ideas oh, yeah, right no, onto the page. He said that in it too. He said he got tired of people telling him what to do, so he made what he wanted to make. Yeah, but the thing is that no one does that. Like. You know, Steven Spielberg listens to what the people yeah. around him says say, and he makes great movies because of that. Like, mm. making art like that, it's a miracle that any movie gets made, certainly that it's ever good, and part of that is it's got to be a group collaboration, and yeah. he doesn't do that anymore. Yeah, no, that's, that was um, one of their arguments that I actually agreed with in the movie. Yeah. Um, but even that said, the animators who did that scene with Jar Jar Binks, that, you know... George Lucas didn't say, then have him turn around and look at you. The animators who did that wanted it to look natural. Their idea was not, let's make people pissed In fact, off. you know how you say that, too, is it, I, as he walks past, uh, Amidala crosses him in the foreground. So he's just... So he's it, obviously it, looking it, at her. Looking yeah, at Amidala. So. They're trying to make the character look like it exists and in the world. And they're yeah. just trying to create something that do- isn't there. Yeah, that's so dumb. Yep. I'm still going to watch it, though. You should. Um, so you can, you know, let me if know. If you really want to know why the prequels are bad, go watch those Red Letter Media movies that are longer than the actual movies where he breaks them down and shows you like this is just stupid like it's just poor filmmaking but anyway uh is that what you watch yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh it's funny because you told you said earlier like we're gonna talk about this and it's gonna there's gonna be some feelings (laughs) yeah i'm surprised i got as mad as i did um i watched a few things this week how I Met Your Mother ended this this week. It was great. Yeah, it was. It was really good. I'm not crazy about what they did with Victoria coming back. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. But I, I, it, I but. love Barney, and I love, actually, the growth. I think the growth of his character in the show is amazing. Yeah. Because he was really funny, and he's still funny. But he went from, you know, the swinging single guy to now he's getting married to, uh, should we say who it is? It's, yeah. Sp- yeah. It's spoilers. It's, it's, it's Shabotsky. And, yeah. And you knew it, because those two kind of... If it, if it weren't her... It would it would be another instance of those characters not growing. Like, yeah, exactly. It has to be her because we have to see these characters going other uh, somewhere. Otherwise, you're just like you're just you know putting this carrot in front of us, and then we find out the carrot's been rotten the whole time. Like, it, you you have to actually put some meat out there. And I read a, a interview with the creator, and he said they actually knew they were going to get married by season four. So that, it's been a little that's bit interesting. Yeah, they, and um, because and if you go back and watch them, they always do refer to him as Aunt Robin and Uncle Barney. Yeah. So there's always kind of a little, you know, thing. It, make, it makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Even though they're still not actually related, but yeah. Um, I mean, I I have uh, you know, uncles or something or aunts. Yeah. That you know. Uh, yeah, I do too. Anyways, um, so <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, Sherlock, which you yeah you mentioned in DVDs for next week, uh, two weeks ago on so not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before that, returned to PBS, which is how if you're in America, mm-hmm. that's how you watch it on TV. Uh, which is a shame because they get it way later than BBC America usually does. Um, BBC America doesn't get that show or Downton Abbey, but like Doctor Who, mm-hmm. they BBC America gets Doctor Who before uh, yeah. earlier than than PBS does. Anyway, um, and Sherlock, uh, you never checked out the first. No, three it's episodes, only three did you? episodes, though. Correct. Uh, the first season is, I believe, this one is six. Because hmm. um, the first one was like this little test run, mm-hmm. just to see if it would be, you know, viable if it would work. Uh, it was made by. Um, Stephen Moffat, who is actually the guy running Doctor Who right now. And it's really cool. It's a modern take on Sherlock Holmes. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin uh, Freeman are amazing. Uh, so you should you should definitely go check it out. I will. I keep on meaning to. I just don't know why I don't. I think it's on net. The whole thing is on it Netflix. Is. The first and third episode are both amazing. The middle one is a little bit Monster of the Weeky. Um, but what's interesting is I only watched the first episode. Mm-hmm. So I'm still one behind. 
Uh, but this first episode was really interesting. There's not really a mystery there. It's just introducing us to Irene Adler, who, if you saw the um, RDJ movies, mm-hmm. is played by uh, Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Uh, and she's really cool. Like, that cool. character's really neat. Um, uh, it, it sort of, I think it drags a little bit. Um, especially I was watching with my aunt and uncle who had never watched the show before. Mm-hmm. So we had to kind of catch them up. And especially since it wasn't a normal mystery, it was sort of hard to follow for them, I think. But um, so it might not be the best place to jump on, uh, but I'm really excited to have it back, especially by the end. I was just like, this is amazing. This is one of the oh, best cool. episodes. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. Uh, two broke girls. Uh, yeah. It had its season finale two weeks ago, but I missed it because it didn't download very well, and I thought I wasn't going to watch it, but then I went ahead and tried anyway, and I, I literally, I got halfway through the episode and realized it was an hour long, and I just turned it off, and I think I'm done. Yeah, so thank you. I will not be able to, you know, hitch to my belt that I watched an entire season of that show, because, <laughs> oh, man. Whitney you watched Cummings, 98% of it. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> like, it really, after a while, it got so bad. Um, I was telling you in the car... This ep- that episode starts and they just they take this joke about the Asian dude being too short to be a jockey, like a, on a ho- you know mm-hmm. horse rider jockey, uh, and they just beat it to death. And I'm like, it wasn't funny the first time. If you repeat it, it doesn't get any more funny. <laughs> Mike Myers of television. Um, <laughs> so that was bad. I also I finished the first season of, Sherl- of uh, not Sherlock, um, Spectacular Spider-Man, nice. which we talked about last mm-hmm. week, uh, and I was kind of. I was kind of tepid on mm-hmm. it, and it gets way better. It does. Uh, and I, I kind of foretold that. But those first few episodes are a lot of like, you know, hey, this guy got stuff spilled on him, and now he's Electro, mm-hmm. and this guy got stuff spilled on him, and now he's the Sandman. Um, and after that, it gets a whole lot better. There's a lot more Peter Parker, which is what I wanted. Yeah, um, his Gwen Stacy stuff is great. Yeah, 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 yeah. The stuff, when, when Gwen Stacy starts to get a little more fleshed out and Eddie Brock gets a little more mm-hmm. fleshed out, that's when it started really being good. And that's when you take Eddie Brock, not from the newspaper, but you, like you said, Ultimate Spider-Man, and yeah. make that connection with Peter Parker really good. And so when he becomes Venom, yeah. is, do you yeah, know who that, Venom is in Ultimate Spider-Man, the cartoon? No. Harry Osborn. It sucks. What? Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, are you still watching it? Uh, yeah. I, I watch. I don't watch it. Like I used to watch you know, Spider-Man live. Right. And now it's just on my DVR when there's nothing else to watch. I'll torture myself for 20 minutes. Yeah. That's a horrible idea. Who thought make Harry Osborn Venom? Bendis? Damn it. Mm, I don't know. It scares me because Joe Kelly's on it, and he, I don't... There's a lot of good names on, that, on that show, sucks. and it's its frightening how bad it is. It really is. Because... Um, it's uh, like they shit on the character of Spider-Man. Because I, I hate to keep bringing this up, but damn, The Legend of Korra was so awesome this yeah. week. Like, I was moved. There was a moment, and it was just because of the score. There was this moment right before an awesome action sequence, the kind I would love for Spider-Man to have. Oh, dude. Just this amazing in... action sequence, and it, it, the score rises, and shit's going on that, like, it's all tied in with the last series mm-hmm. as well, and it was so badass. I to, was moved. Uh, let you, the, in season two, there's a part where Spider-Man fights Dr. Octopus, Hammerhead, and Vulture during an opera, and there's no sound effects. It's just the opera. Dude, it's amazing. That's pretty cool. In a cartoon? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. amazing. Um, anyway, and the last thing that I watched was some Dark Shadows. Not the movie. <laughs> I watched the actual TV show. Is the show. TV show better than the movie? Uh, well, yeah, because it was, it was in any way interesting. Uh, for one, th- actually, no, it is, it, it is way better than the movie because each episode is 20 minutes long. Nice. So it's over real quick. Um, uh, yeah, I bought my mom, because she really liked it when she was a kid, and I bought her this little disc that was like oh, yeah, fan I, favorite I episodes. I remember seeing that, yeah. Yeah, and 
it's really bizarre because it's like 20 minutes and one episode the first episode i watch is barnabas like comes to the house and basically the whole episode takes place in like one or two rooms and it's just people saying like hey hey where's hey who are you oh you're oh you're barnabas you look like that guy in the painting that's weird you know how do you know about the house and it's just that uh Hmm. and it's all shot live so uh, there's one episode with a whole bunch of scenes with this little kid and he literally he can't remember the lines so he just like he'll start talking and then he'll jump back to the beginning of the sentence and start again <laughs> <laughs> and you're like wait, wait you you can't just leave that in like and he's just he isn't a very good actor but it's actually really entertaining like if there <laughs> if there'd been that kind of bullshit in the movie it would have been great um and then the third episode that I watched, they were doing a seance and Barnabas was really worried about the seance. He's like, Ooh, we shouldn't do a seance. And they do a seance and like, I don't, I like, that's it. <laughs> like at the, I get, Oh, at the end, I, one person gets possessed by somebody and then the episode's over, but the whole episode mm. is like them getting ready to do a seance and then they start the seance and that's it. And you're like, wait a second, there, nothing happened in that episode. To be continued. Yeah. <laughs> and then I guess some of the other episodes, I don't know if I'll watch much more, but the last one that I watched, it's like a, I guess they did maybe quite a bit of episodes that were in the past that were all telling the story of how mm-hmm. he became a vampire. And so I did see the episode where like he's been cursed by the witch and he's dying and Josette is like, oh no. And the the actress who plays Josette also plays another character who he is in the modern mm-hmm. storytelling that I assume is the character he falls in love with, mm-hmm. but it's not Vicky. Huh. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It was weird. But um, so the Dark Shadows movie is a loose adaptation. Probably, I mean, maybe there's more details to it. it. I, I feel like there was more cool stuff in the show that they mm-hmm. they could have made a really interesting story out of, but they they went that weird direction that hmm. that script Timber is just is just messed up. I think whoever's idea it was to like set it in the '70s and have all this weirdness happening, I think that was the mistake. Hmm. Um, I think if you would come at it what more time straightforward. period does the show take place in, in I, the seventies? I think it is the seventies, but just because it's modern. And but they don't like they could make a big deal out of it. Yeah, like I think when you're making an adaptation, you could just have easily have made it set now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't think th- the setting is not a big deal. Like there's not a lot of gotcha. scene seeing seventies automobiles and all of that because they don't have the they don't have the money to. The, um, well, obviously it's like a stage production because yeah. they're just going from room to room. Oh yeah, the sets are all these tiny little junky looking sets, and they just stand in them for a while, and that's it. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It could have been something cool, but interesting. It, yeah. Anyway, that's what I watched. That's what you watched. So this week, James, we saw Battleship. We did, James. Should people go out and see Battleship? Uh, probably not. Um, if you're somebody who's like, who who really wishes that there was a Transformers movie this year, yeah, you know, and you want to, and you've already seen Avengers, then mm-hmm. sure, you know, go check it out. It'll waste some time. I don't think it's boring or anything like that. There's just some stupid nonsense in there and the story could be cooler, but mm-hmm. there's some, there's some really, fu- I mean, there are some legitimately funny moments, uh, some characters that I really did like, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a lot wrong. I would say it's half good. Cool, and I think it was awesome. Honestly, did you really? I did. I did. Straight up. Straight up. I'm not. Oh lying. man! And that's the thing. I was afraid I was defending it too much. I no. like. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll, I, we'll, show, we'll let I people listen it. to the trailer. We should, and then we'll, we'll we'll dive into it. Yes. Sir, you may want to come take a look at this. Where did we find it? Just fished him right out of the water. 
I'm so excited. I, I was shocked. I because you know me. I when I saw the trailers for it for the first time, yeah. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" May twenty fifth is going to be and yeah, yeah, or May eighteenth. I guess it is now. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll be honest. I what really sucked me into the movie was the very first like ten minutes of it. Yeah. When it's um, what's the name of it? Taylor Kitsch's character's name? Uh, Alex Hopper. 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 Alex and then Hopper. he has a brother played by Tim Riggins. No, um, Alexander Skarsgård. And <laughs> they're in the bar, and his his brother uh, Skarsgård is a Navy officer, and he's really respected. And his brother is kind of a low life. His and- his brother is Tim Riggins from Friday Night Lights. Like really, <laughs> the movie started, and I was like, "Holy shit! It's Tim Riggins. Long hair, hasn't showered, drinking a beer with his brother." <laughs> And uh, it comes Brooklyn Decker, you know, who's a good-looking woman. Mm -hmm. And he goes over and he's going to hit on her. And she's mad because she can't get a chicken burrito. Yeah. And then the movie took this really awesome, funny turn where he runs across the street to get um, this chicken burrito. And the lady's closing up her convenience store. So the movie cuts to security cameras (laughs) and the Pink Panther theme (laughs) of this character breaking into the convenience store. And... I'll be honest with you. When I saw that, I was like, "Okay, I'm actually kind of liking where this is going." Yeah, and because it shows it shows that they're they're dedicated to making you actually interested and like these characters. Exactly. First, you know, it's like the early parts of Top Gun. You know, mm-hmm. where you you get to spend some time with those characters. It's great. I mean, it's the smartest thing they did in the whole movie. Yeah, and was, so was how I mean, important the characters and are. how he gets he gets the burrito eventually, and how she falls in love with him is really funny. And he wakes up, you know, really beat up and saying some funny lines. And his his brother says, you're joining the Navy. And then Battleship comes up on the screen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, a, he, it's a great strong start. You know, and I, honestly, I was actually shocked how much I like this movie because I was so scared of it. And I mean, there was parts in it that I was actually riveted about. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there was... Uh, Liam Neeson was great in it. I mean, he he wasn't in it very much. Oh, absolutely. But his, uh, he just had some great lines. And I think um, a lot of the story is really cool. My biggest problem with it is, I, I think there's, well, there's a couple things. I think that the acting is not great in all of the roles. No. I think that they gave, um, first of all, and I talked about this in the car, 
the, I think it's atrocious that there were two female characters in this movie and they gave them to non-actors. You know, I, yeah. the uh, Brooklyn Decker see, has a real character in this yeah, movie. But see, I can forgive Brooklyn Decker didn't bother me as much as she, she didn't actually as Rihanna. Rihanna was awful. She was um, terrible. Yeah, Brooklyn Decker, I was I, I was impressed with, especially considering the fact that she was doing a better job at her role than the guy she was paired with. Yeah, uh, which. My suspicion is that he cast basically. She ends up. She's a I'm physical saying, therapist, and yeah. I believe that that is actually. I think it is a guy too. from the army who lost both his legs, and they cast him in this movie, uh, which is cool. But th- my problem is that's an awesome character. Yeah, like it's a really interesting character, and I wanted to like him more. But all his dialogue was so ham-fisted and so yeah. flat that I just. I, I had I ended up. It's I found like, myself laughing at it more yeah. than really being. It's touched almost like by they him. Uh, took. Ving Rames, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they if wanted Ving Rames, Rames was in there. No it probably would have worked, and they didn't want to CG it. So yeah, yeah, um, and that's fine that they give it to you know wounded veterans. I have no problem and with that. There's at all. a bunch of of scenes in the movie that clearly have actual yeah. veterans doing actual scenes, and they have dialogue, but they usually have like a one-off line, and they do a better job of of delivering it. Where it, yeah. I think it's a shame that well, because yeah. that part though, you, the one you're talking about, yeah, and I mean, it was sometimes groan-inducing. Yeah, because I mean, he has some dramatic weight that's given to him. Yeah, and and it's not his fault. I mean, you, I mean, that's you have to be a professionally trained actor. Yeah, to appreciate it. I mean, I used to act in in plays and stuff, and I I lost the passion for it because I'm more interested in the making of the movies. Yeah, that's why I mean, like, oh, I'd be a director because I I don't I I can't emote like i want to and i don't have right. that passion and that's kind of what that guy had but i yeah i mean but i mean the special effects were pretty amazing in the movie oh absolutely um there were parts in it uh that i i mean i thought were just beautiful um but then there are also like i i feel like a lot of it is sort of distracting how um like the fact that the satellite dishes shoot lasers yeah the fact that the aliens, yeah like the, it's it, like they're using like a visual cue like you don't get that yeah. it's sending a signal you know I what i mean it's supposed to like be for kids yeah but i it just it it, it gets in the it way is of the actual movie like, I'm like, like transformers movies are dumb and they have dumb stuff like that in it but they're smarter than that see i know? think that movie's better than transformer movies because i i think that uh, i think the characters, the characters are, better. are better absolutely yeah uh, I, I think my biggest problem is that the uh, the story of the aliens is not that interesting. It's it's no. very it's very on its face. It's very obvious. Um, I actually I talked about this coming out of the theater. I thought they were doing something really cool. I mm. I really did watch a different movie than everyone else in the theater because I was convinced that the story they were telling was that the aliens because there's that scene where uh, Taylor Kitsch is like they found the alien mm. out of the water right. And and the alien like touches Taylor, Taylor Kitsch's face. And what's actually going on there is it's, it's very much like Independence Day, where th- when the president gets an, a, mm. an image of what oh they're like cockroaches and they're taking all our shit. Um, what I saw because I thought the face of the alien was like he was worried, he was trying mm. to convey a message, and it was, yeah. like this is important. And the the what we saw was just aliens attacking a planet and blowing it up. And I thought that what was going on was that like there were other bad aliens out there that were always on the lookout for planets where there was a civilization growing up that they wanted to destroy. And that these people, as soon as they got the signal we sent, were here to, since they couldn't communicate with us, they were here to warn us and just wipe out the communication Mm -hmm. signal altogether. Because I was like, why did they just send three ships? And why did they crash into the satellite and blow up Hong Kong for no reason? Like, the whole beginning is just sort of messy. Yeah, but their attack plan, uh, what I got from it, sorry to interrupt you, is uh, that their attack plan went wrong. Oh yes, yeah. they crashed into it, and now they had to improvise. 
But yeah, I mean, there's little inconsistencies that I didn't like. Um, well, like the satellite that they crash into at the beginning, I believe, is also the satellite they're using to communicate at the end. Um, uh, no, because that satellite was orbiting already, and it had to come back around to the other side of the Earth. I guess so. Is my guess. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I stuff like that. I, I, I yeah. just enjoying the movie. I really didn't pay attention too much to it. And I, I um, am be, I'm being nitpicky. I really did enjoy the movie. I was never bored. I had a fun time. Um, I, th- I think I just had the carpet ripped out from under me when I was like, yeah. "Wait, wait! It really is just aliens here to attack? Like that's the whole plan?" Well, um, you know, obviously they. I think they were also. Uh, what I didn't get. Um, the only thing that I didn't really understand um, that the aliens did. If the aliens thought you posed no threat, they wouldn't hurt you. Yeah, exactly. That's um, the thing. Is there's a lot so of times when. The were alien they there just to wouldn't blow up the planet you. or make people their servants or something. I have no idea. Yeah, that's, that's the only it. thing that I didn't get because you know it didn't attack children, and then right. if you weren't if you weren't armed, it wouldn't attack you either. Even yeah. the even uh, the ships when they were firing, if they didn't fire directly at them, then they wouldn't right fire. You know, which is a big plot point later. There's mm-hmm. a, a pretty awesome action sequence there at the end. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that was the thing. Is that when all that stuff was happening, I was like, okay, what's their motivation for not killing people? Mm-hmm. And and that's when I started thinking, like, oh, clearly they are actually here for uh, for a peaceful reason. Mm-hmm. They just they have to do something. Like, there's oh, something I important. Guess, yeah. Um, especially because that would explain why they go to Hawaii. Like, I don't know. It just um, yeah. There's some little inconsistencies, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I, I still I still really like the movie, and yeah. I, I'm actually shocked. It's another movie this year. Like, the Hunger Games, I didn't think I'd like, and I really liked. And I actually liked Battleship. I will probably tell my mom to go see this movie. Yeah, and it's, it's she, cool. She will love it. It's cool. I mean, there's, it's not. I mean, it's not a deep movie. Peter uh, Berg, Peter Berg, I still think is a great director. Oh no, the Some movie of that action the, is great. The action was amazing. I actually wish it was a little bit more. You know, he does a lot of like docu style stuff. Obviously, Friday Night Lights. Um, yeah. And I there was some of that in there, but I kind of wanted a little more. Speaking of the sports part, though, like the soccer um, match was, I thought yeah. shot really great. You know, when they did the close up of uh, Taylor Kitsch's face when he's about to kick the penalty kick. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, he gets the the uh, the drama and the emotion of sports very well. Yeah. And I mean, I, there's parts of it that I just really like. I I I I was actually thinking while I was watching it, I said, could you make this movie and just edit Rihanna out of it? And I think you could. <laughs> You know when they, when they're examining the alien and she does her, oh, that, my daddy oh, that said awful story, that they yeah. would come. And you're, oh my gosh, why is she talking? Yeah. And the thing that sucks is they put her in that movie so women would go see it, but they really don't emphasize her in the trailers, so she's worthless in the movie. Well, and she's not a great female character. Like no. she doesn't get a badass moment. Neither does Brooklyn Decker. The the scene at the end when like the the guy with no legs is fighting that alien right and he's starting to lose. Brooklyn Decker should have been the one yeah, to accidentally to get the gun out and shoot him in the face. Yeah. Like that would have been awesome. Yeah, uh, but yeah, she, she never gets an awesome and moment. She can't do anything. That's yeah, stupid. it was uh, to have to have the the weaselly guy end up and be a hero at the yeah. end was just a bad move. Um, and yeah, Rihanna never actually gets anything cool. She never does anything. Yeah, she cool. attacks that one alien and then Taylor Kitsch is like, "Run away!" Actually, and I'll... there there is one shot where like she's. Uh, she's in the hallway and she's shooting the alien and it just sort of knocks the gun out of her hand and she pulls her pistol like real quick yeah. and then shoots the alien again and you're like, oh, I was like, okay, that was cool. That was yeah. pretty cool. But it doesn't um, make up for her yeah. lack of dimension for the rest of the movie. Yeah, because she doesn't have, I was going to bring up, um, not only is Taylor Kitsch really awesome, Alexander uh, Skarsgård is great, uh, but Jeremy, uh, Jesse Plemons, who he's, he's uh, not Vince, um, from Van, uh, he's in, 
Friday Night Lights. Uh, he's the guy like the the funny looking blonde kid. Yeah, he's awesome. All the good in jokes. That. Yeah, because his his comedic timing is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like every time he was on the screen, he was just a breath of fresh air. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's some cool parts. I love the. Uh, you know, I'll talk about the ending because I thought actually the ending I really got like pumped when why it's called Battleship. Oh yes, when they uh, spoilers when they so their ship is sunk and uh, and they <laughs> I did it <laughs> and they don't have a ship, but then they remember that the USSS Missouri is a museum on a dock at Pearl Harbor. Yeah, and so the guys have the idea to make it run and they don't know how to run it. And all of a sudden all these old veterans from the Korean war and stuff start showing up on the, they're there on the ship, you know, to educate people, but now yeah. they're on the ship to like, cause they actually know how to run to, it, to operate it. Exactly. But then the, one, the ACDC thunderstruck starts going, I'm like, yeah. dude, this is awesome. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and they're teaching all the, um, the kids how to use the old style weapons and how uh, they used to use them. And they had, uh, it was real veterans in it, obviously. And they had some great lines in it. And yeah, I mean, it was was a scene that like I thought was cool, but was a little bit clunky where I was like, well, wait a second. Why, why couldn't you have given them a little more time? Make me feel like it was more believable that they got their ship moving. You You know, know, sometimes I I think the ticking clock on the, on the movie, the like, Oh, we've got five hours. is a mistake. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's my, you know, the only thing is sometimes it's kind of uh, pandering to, and I'm not taking anything from veterans. No, no, but no. But it kind of panders to them. You know, yeah, it says, it's making a real, you've been asked a lot, um, and I'm not anybody to ask you to do more, but I'm going to need you to help me out on this one. Yeah. You know, dude, if those veterans, because they're already obviously volunteering, because when they're looking around and they started like walking towards them, obviously they're going to help you out on the ship. You know, because that's what they are. They're proud men. Yeah. So that part, that part was, if the Navy used this as a recruiting tool, it'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like that it was uh, overly patriotic or jingoistic. So it was certainly not jingoistic. No. But um, I, w- I would more say that the, the dialogue that is given is is just a little weak. And yeah. So it, and it, it makes it, it come off that way. And it's nothing to uh, Taylor Kitsch, because, I mean, he delivered as well as he possibly yeah. could. It's just unnecessary. Yeah. You know, it's because we get that, you know, and I get that. And I actually, I mean, I like the character. Was his name Marcus, who the guy who lost both his legs at Brooklyn Decker was. Helping. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. I mean, I like the story that, you know, she's trying to get him to be a soldier again. And what makes him come out of a shell is, you know, protecting people. And that's yeah. cool. Yeah, it was one of the most surprising things about the movie was that whole storyline. Yeah. Uh, having her really be a, an actual character, you yeah. know, have an actual storyline to have. Um, but. But I just never felt like I never connected with that character enough. Oh no, um, yeah. yeah. But, but I, I, like I said, I'm really shocked about how much I like this movie. Yeah, because it was fun. It's funny. The more we talk about it, the more I like it. Yeah. You know, like yeah, no, that was really cool. That that was pretty. I mean, bad. it was just fun, and I, uh, you know, I love the part where Liam Neeson he's trapped on the outside of this yes. bubble. Oh. And the Secretary of Defense tells him to get all the jets in there and go fly. And uh, Liam Neeson says, the only way I'm going to send another jet in there is if you're a co-pilot. <laughs> yeah. And it's great. <laughs> and, the, uh, and, and you know, th- at the end of the movie, uh, Taylor Kitsch wants to ask Brooklyn Decker to marry I don't even remember the character's names. <laughs> Brooklyn Decker to marry him. Yeah. And uh, he goes up to Liam Neeson after everything that's done. And he, you know, got the battleship. He blew up all these monster air spaceships and he asks his for her hand in marriage and liam neeson just stoically looks at him and says no, no. <laughs> and then, you know what's great about that is 
Taylor Kitsch keeps on saying, oh, thank you so much. He means, wait, no, <laughs> I I just saved the world. Yeah. That, that line was amazing because, I don't know, just the way he did it and and how Liam Neeson's demeanor didn't change at all. And it, yeah. was, it was pretty great. No matter what, how this movie does, um, it, it will be a travesty if Taylor Kitsch does not get more roles like this. I like, know. He he's, is he's so good. good. He's good. Like, even if you hated John Carter, you even if you think this movie is stupid, you should Like You have <laughs> to respect how good he is in he both is, he's, those movies. He, I, I mean, I'm not trying to sound like I'm in love with him, but I mean, he's really charismatic. I mean, yeah. he, he can hold the screen and... I believed him when he was trying to rally the troops. I believed him yeah. when he was in love with his girlfriend. I believed him when he was talking to Liam Neeson about marrying him. <laughs> I believed him when he wanted a burrito. Like that, it, it, he wanted that burrito yeah, so bad. Like that little interplay that he has with that with the woman running the, yeah, she's the like, um, complex carbs are bad store. for you. Yeah, <laughs> it's like great. that little interplay is just so well done. The timing is great. That he gets it. Yeah, and he's good in John Carter. I mean, people, if you're listening to this, give John Carter a chance. Yeah. And give Battleship a chance. Absolutely. I did, and I enjoyed it. So, see, you never know. I agree. Yeah, it's certainly not a. It's not a horrible movie. No, it's better than last week's. <laughs> oh my gosh! And it'll be better than next week's too. Leaps and bounds better. Yeah. Um. So you can like us on Facebook, James. I can. You can. I had to do that. Real Nerds Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter, Real Underscore Nerds. You can email us directly, RealNerds at Gmail dot com. You can read our blog or listen to our podcast that we're speaking right now directly from your computer on realnerds.tumblr.com we will also be at the denver comic-con june 15th through the 17th next week i am not here but i will send you guys my review of men in black 3 which you'll be seeing um i wish i could join in on the podcast with you um i'm not looking forward to the movie but i enjoy doing these podcasts unfortunately i have a job sometimes where i have to travel <laughs> unfortunately i have a job yeah it sucks if i can get paid for this sponsors <laughs> i would do it and look how great i you know communicate the world of movies to people <laughs> so um brad will be here next week though with you oh absolutely yeah so i'm not gonna st- do it by myself yeah stay tuned for brad and james yeah. on real nerds that'll be good uh so next week men in black three and bye bye